This is the Jewish Prayer Podcast. I'm Scott Kahn. This year is sponsored by Tzvi Klein in memory of his grandparents, Daniel and Rhoda Schwartz. We're now going to study Kinan number 21, Arzeha Livanon. Written by Rabbi Meir ben Yechiel, this Kinah tells the story of the ten martyrs who were killed during the time of Chorban Bait Sheni and the Bar Kochva Rebellion. And it is, so to speak, a highlight of the keynote of Tisha B'Av. This is in part because of the dramatic nature of the story, in part because of the personalities involved, some of whom are familiar to us from the Mishnah, and largely because we know the story so well from its recitation during Musaf on Yom Kippur. The piyut there is called Ela Ezkara. The two accounts, however, are not identical. By analyzing one of the main differences, we can learn one of the most important themes of Tisha B'Av. One of the main differences is the omission from the Tisha B'Av service of what is arguably the most famous image in the entire story in the Yom Kippur version. According to Ela Eskar of Yom Kippur, Rabbi Ishmael, upon hearing the verdict, purifies himself and ascends to the heavens to inquire whether or not the decree on earth was also decreed in the heavenly court. He was informed by the angel Gabriel, Accept this upon yourselves, righteous and beloved ones, for I heard from behind the heavenly curtain that you have been ensnared in this decree. Only after Rabbi Ishmael received this tragic confirmation did the Romans begin their horrible executions. In Arzei Levanon of Tisha B'Av, however, the entire account of Rabbi Ishmael's ascent to heaven is strangely absent. Rav Salvechik explains that the reason for the recitation of this episode on Tisha B'Av differs from the reason that we say it on Yom Kippur. On Yom Kippur, we read Ela Ezkara because of the principle that the death of the righteous atones for our sins. In the same way that we mention other means of achieving forgiveness, we also mention the death of our greatest sages. Accordingly, Ela Ezkara is punctuated with the chorus, We have sinned our rock, forgive us our creator. Chatanu tsurenu, slach lanu yotrenu. On Tishabav, however, we read Arzeha Levanon not because the death of the righteous is an atonement, but because of the principle that the death of the righteous is as devastating as the destruction of the temple itself. Rather than acting as a request for atonement, it is a pure expression of grief. Because of this distinction, the dramatic episode of Rabbi Shmael's heavenly ascent is omitted from the Tishab of Kinot. On Yom Kippur, we mention the ascent in order to highlight the fact that the ten martyrs died willingly. Their loving acceptance of a divine decree makes their actions even greater and strengthens the atonement that we receive on their behalf. On Tisha B'Av, however, we are not interested in atonement. Accordingly, their internal mindset is irrelevant to our grief. All that matters is that they are gone, and the world must continue without the guidance of these great men. For this reason, Rabbi Shmael's mystical journey is unrelated to the themes of Tisha B'Av and has no place in the Kinah of Arzeha Levanon. Interestingly, the idea that Tisha B'Av is not a time for repentance or forgiveness is mentioned in Parshat Varim, invariably read the Shabbat before Tisha B'Av. Moshe there recounts the sin of the spies and Hashem's subsequent statement that the generation would be forbidden from entering the land of Israel. Despite God's decree, the people attempt to repent. You said to me, Moshe says, we have sinned to Hashem. We'll go up and fight exactly as Hashem our God commanded us. In other words, the people, after being forbidden to enter the land, decide to do tshuva, to repent, and they say, now we will fight for the land. Nevertheless, God immediately warns Moshe, tell them not to go up or to fight, for I am not in your midst. Do not be destroyed before your enemies. Although B'nai Israel are merely trying to do that which they were originally commanded to do, that is to conquer the land, God is not willing to accept this form of repentance. 
Indeed, Bnei Israel attempt to ascend the land of Israel anyway and are badly defeated on the battlefield. God did not accept their tshuva. Chazal tell us that the decree to die in the wilderness was issued on Tisha B'Av. We also see that it was and remains a day which is not designated for repentance. Why would such a theme exist? Is it not true that nothing can stand in the way of true repentance? Although every individual wants his sins forgiven and his repentance accepted, the occasional rejection of our pleas teaches an essential truth about God. Too often, we think of Hashem as the grandfather who will give us everything we want regardless of our own merit. And when the gifts we demand are not forthcoming, we question the fairness and even the very existence of that grandfather figure. Forgiveness, by definition, is an undeserved gift. Indeed, the Kabbalists speak of God's forgiveness being rooted in a spiritual concept called Arich Anpin, which is also known as the Grandfather. A mature relationship with Hashem requires recognition that God is under no compulsion to do as we wish. He is absolutely free to do as He pleases. We can never demand something of God. We can only request, and request with the knowledge that the answer may be no. This is the meaning of the Talmudic teaching, anyone who prays for a long time and expects his prayer to be answered affirmatively will come to heart sickness in Brachot Daf Nun Hayamudalif. Someone who expects that God will do as he wants him to do, someone who expects that God will follow orders, so to speak, cannot have a real relationship with him. B'nai Yisrael's mistake in ascending to the land of Israel despite God's warning was that they thought that they could tell God what to do. They felt that their repentance was sincere and that God would have no choice but to help them. But God never has to do anything, and any attempt to force Him into a particular action is theologically shallow and spiritually devastating. On Tisha B'Av, we refrain from repentance in order to acknowledge His freedom to do as He wishes, whether or not we are satisfied with the consequences. On Tisha B'Av, we sense God's distance on Tisha B'Av, we recognize that God does what God wants, not what we want. And through this painful recognition, we open the doors to a better, deeper, and more complete relationship with the one above. Armed with that difficult but fundamental understanding, knowing that God is truly independent, we are better prepared to become reunited with our Father as we move from the exile of Tisha B'Av to the ultimate reconciliation of Yom Kippur 60 days later. Thank you for joining me on the Jewish Prayer Podcast.